Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For Hello everyone and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, home of the SEC football show where forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and all the all Tyler McDaniel put their friendship to the test during a grueling football season, all while highlighting and fighting for their volunteers and Gamecocks respectively throughout their season as well as our thoughts on other teams in the conference as well as the league. So regardless if you're a volunteer or a Gamecock or somewhere in between, let's kick this thing off and talk some ball. Let him crow, let him crow, let him crow. What's up, all you cock and balls, and welcome to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. On this episode, we are going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, but one of the biggest things to happen as of late in the world of both volunteer and Gamecock athletics is that the Gamecocks down number six ranked big blue on the hardwood last night unranked South Carolina Gamecocks taking down the powerhouse in college basketball for the second year in a row under head coach Lamont Paris and his now infamous quarter zip pullover but mm. guys i am forever to the gamecock brian low and joining me as always is all vol tyler mcdaniel t-mac what's going on buddy oh not a lot not a lot excited to talk about a big a big get for the tennessee football team that happened yesterday the day before something like that yeah yeah big qb get apparently uh, I haven't McIntyre. seen anything on that. Last name's McIntyre. We'll get to it, but uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, ready to talk some sports, some uh, SEC sports, that is. Uh, as you said, big big night last night. Did you get to watch the game? I did not get to watch any of the game. Uh was making sure to console uh, my wife after she had a rather rough day uh, in terms of her job and stuff like that. Um, but thankfully just wound up getting a message from her a few minutes ago. Things look to be uh, in a more positive light on that front, so thankfully that has kind of turned around uh, and spent a little bit of time doing some gaming. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a few days since I've done some of that uh, after actually having being able to get out and get out into the world from Snowmageddon 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the after work life continued to carry on a little bit more work so there hasn't been anywhere near as much play so i did a little bit of online gaming last night speaking of online gaming and the world of ncaa athletics mm. july 12th this year will be the release date for ncaa football and i cannot wait it has been 10 years since the last ncaa football game has come out it took them 10 years to get to a point to where they were able to figure out how they're going to be able to pay the players uh, stipends mm-hmm. off of the sales of the NCAA football game. And I can tell you right now that this is probably the most anticipated game coming out in years. Mm-hmm. Pre-sales for this are probably going to break records. Yes. I wanted to uh, I looked up some certain things that we have been deprived of in the last 10 years. The top 10 things that we have been de- deprived of by the NCAA taking such a long hi- hiatus on their video game. Lamar Jackson. The 20, oh, being able to yeah, play as Lamar Jackson. The 2019 LSU offense. Right. Derrick Henry. That's true. Deshaun Watson. Eh. Caleb Williams. 
Brock Bowers, eh. Kyler Murray, eh. 2019-2020 Alabama wide receiver room. That's true. That's the one that has uh, um, oh, who's Jalen Hurts' favorite wide receiver. I can't think of his name right now. Called him Slim Reaper. I can't remember. I can't remember. Micah Parsons. Right. Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, yeah. I mean, the there's list a, goes there's on. There's a multitude of people and on, that... And on, and it, on. It just begs... damn years. I wonder if they're going to do like a, a, a retro mode to where you can go back and pull some of these people from rosters over the past 10 years. It'd be smart. It'd be very smart to do so. And then I... I did see to where supposedly they are going to be including the transfer portal transfer portal element in the game. Okay. I don't know how that's going to be incorporated. Like, are you going to have to figure out how much funds your school has for NIL deals and stuff like that to be able to pitch it to your, you know, I don't think they had, I, I can't remember. It's been 10 years since the last time I played this. Did they have... Uh, high school recruiting like did you have to go in and recruit kids out of high school to be able to come into your program like on a dynasty mode or whatever I that's something to kind of look into because like I said I can't remember I'm gonna have to do some more research and look into it we'll yeah, see I'm, I'm, I'm excited I'm excited but getting back to the the pickup for you guys uh, from yesterday ah yes George uh, George McIntyre who had offers from <clears throat> Alabama, Are Colorado, you gonna... <laughs> Clemson, Auburn, LSU, Florida State, Georgia, Oregon, Louisville, A&M, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, Notre Dame, you the U, Duke, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Vandy, Memphis, UCLA, Missouri, Georgia Tech, Pitt, UNLV, and the list goes on and on. And he chose... The University of Tennessee. Now, is this a situation to where um, these were out of high school or were these places that had offered him in the portal? Uh, these are offers out of high school, I believe. Okay, well, I mean, not that it makes that big of a difference, but still. I'm looking at the class right now uh, for Tennessee on the incoming. Last time we had talked, uh, um, there was, what, only five or six and now you guys are up to eight, and um, he's actually not listed on 24-7 just yet. So, I mean, there's still the possibility for the ranking to wind up going up even higher uh, as it stands now. I was going to say, I know you've already got one Alabama player, and that's the uh, tight end, uh, Miles Kitzelman, a three-star tight end, transferred in from Alabama, uh, and, of course, one of the main things that needed to be done for University of Tennessee, um, Hypo, I know, wanted to do some more work on trying to shore up the line and line depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive tackle Lance Hurd from out of LSU uh, committed to the Volunteers. Um, Hurd on the second of this month. Uh, Kitzelman on the third of this month. But thus far, uh, safety, wide receiver, couple of tight ends. A um, couple of corners. So definitely some line work um, by the addition, you know, of the tight ends being able to either be a pass blocking a bl- or just a blocking in general or a um, pass catching tight end. Mm-hmm. And then thus far, only 12 outgoing transfers. So almost capping right at an even trade out as far as outgoing versus incoming. Mm-hmm. And then uh, beyond that, the quality of players coming in seems to be definitely uh, of better quality incoming than what has been generally outgoing. Same thing, of course, can be said for the Gamecocks, who currently sit at number nine in the transfer portal rankings overall. (coughs) Excuse me, with Texas, Ohio State, Colorado, Oregon, Louisville, Florida State, Texas A&M, and, of course, the king of the transfer portal, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, sitting at the number one spot overall. In other um, just football in general news, Bill Belichick winds up taking the job amid some controversy still yet, some dissension, as it were, 
in the head offices uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, their former head coach is potentially being linked to an offensive coordinator position somewhere in the potential world of college football, but that can always change. Um, still have some collegiate coaches that are potentially going to be taking some NFL positions at some point in time. Uh, one big massive loss for the Gamecocks is that uh, assistant head coach, special teams coach, special teams guru, mm-hmm. Pete Limbo, has accepted the University of Buffalo job up in New York uh, and will no longer be with the Gamecocks. So they are now uh, in a coaching search for a special teams coordinator unless they decide to hire a different positions coach and Shane Beamer himself takes on the special teams coaching aspect of uh, the coaching tree as well as being of course the head coach yes Uh, we also uh, know who the new head coach in Titan Stadium is going to be Brian Callahan definitely interested to see what he's able to do as a first year NFL head coach for the Tennessee Titans Um, Speaking of and continuing on in the world of the NFL, um, championship, conference championship games are set up. We've got the Lions and the 49ers, and then it's the Ravens, excuse me, and the Chiefs. Now, I know the whole thought process and idea has been the Super Bowl logo includes the colors of the teams that are proposed to be playing in the Super Bowl. And this year, they are red and purple. Well, you can look at it in this capacity that someone, if for whatever reason the the Chiefs do beat the Ravens, if that happens, then it could be said, oh, well, you had the, it was the Chiefs-Ravens game. We thought that, you know, that was, we can't do that, couldn't be the Super Bowl, but yeah, that was like the, the, the it's because it wasn't really, you know, that's I, I that's just a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I, I hate that the Chiefs won. <laughs> yeah. I was tired of Mahomes, man. Yeah, it, it needed to be. I the, got Mahomes fatigue. It Same. Um, and the Bills, while I have been, you know, rooting for them in a sense, I'm starting to get a little, you know, fatigue from them too in the fact that they're, they're – and don't take any, or I say can't take any, don't take too much offense to this, but they're kind of coming like the Cowboys now. Oh, like yeah. They can get so far in the playoffs, but that's it. That's yeah. their limit. They're a playoff team. That's where they can get to, yeah. but they can't go beyond that. Why would I take offense when it's true? Well, I mean. <laughs> I mean, if anybody's going to say that, it's a Cowboys fan. Right. And I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I'm not, I didn't, I played a little football in my life. A little school football. It wasn't the sport I played. I was a baseball player and a theater guy. Um, I can't tell you. I've never coached a sports team. I can't tell you what the answer is. I can tell you that the person that I have always blamed for the down- downfall of the Dallas Cowboys is Jerry Jones himself. There's a lot of people that have that mentality. Get your hands off the team. But uh, You don't know football the way you think you do. And that's, why, and that's why him and uh, Jimmy Johnson wound up having so much problems mm-hmm. is because Jones wanted to continue having his hand yeah. in who was on the team, how the team was operated. Yeah. And Jimmy's like, dude, stay out of my mess. Yeah. Let me handle this. And you see what happened. They yeah. had multiple championships under Jimmy Johnson, and they haven't done squats since then, and they haven't. Jones has not allowed anybody to do what he did. Yeah. Yeah. He has had his hands in so much of the Dallas Cowboys since Jimmy Johnson left. And it's just proof. Like, proof is in the pudding. I have – the Jones family just sucks. Like, collect your freaking owner check. Go to your box seat. Be old and rich. (laughs) Shut up. And stay out of the locker room. Right. Like, that's what I say. Um, but very rarely do you have an owner that has that type of 
confidence in the coach that you I think have. He's a problem in Vegas too. Al Davis is a problem too. He was. Right. He didn't when he was in Oakland. When it was Oakland, I mean, Al Davis was a problem. Yeah. Do you look at the teams that in the last twenty years the owners are too involved in the coaching room and in the locker room? They have not won a Super Bowl. No. If the coach is is Let proof positive, stuff. proof positive right now is Dan Campbell and the Lions. Yep. The ownership in the Lions head office have been like, we've found the guy that we want. We're going to let him do his thing. Mm -hmm. And look what's happened. They've gone from one of the worst teams in the NFL in the last two years to to now one game away from being in the Super Bowl. And part of me says, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Lions. I mean. Let them roar. The the, the 49ers, oddly enough, as someone who grew up in South Carolina – is my first, as it would be, NFL Mm -hmm. team. I married into a Midwest family, Mm -hmm. and they're from Iowa. Mm -hmm. No professional Iowa football team, so they all decided to be Bears fans. Mm -hmm. Illinois is right across the border. Mm -hmm. So, become Chicago fans. Chicago fans all hate the Packers. Yes. Um, And oddly enough, most everybody in the family is... Chicago fans, mm-hmm. except for the one cousin's mom that just recently moved to the area. Surprisingly enough, she's a Cowboys fan, and she shares shares your sentiments in mm-hmm. the fact that the biggest downfall for the Cowboys over the last 30 years has been the fact that Jerry Jones has mm-hmm. had his hand too far up the far. proverbial puppet's rear He's end. basically trying to be the ventriloquist. Yes. And it's failed. Miserably. Miserably. Whenever you're that that far into, I want to have this much influence as to how my money's spent. Which, I mean, I understand that concept, but look at it as a situation to where if you're giving me this much money to be able to do whatever, that I am, that I as a coach in this position with the rest of my team are able to make the correct decisions on who we use that money to spend on to acquire. Yeah. And bring in and be able to do what it is that we need to do. Uh, Look at uh, Shanahan and uh, um, John Lynch. Yeah. The 49ers organization. I mean, not because that is one of my favorite team, my number one team. Mm Mm-hmm. But because of the fact that they were able to get Christian McCaffrey Mm -hmm. and they still have very good selections in this upcoming draft, they're only going to be able to do nothing but reinforce the type of offensive talent that they already have because everybody, or I don't think there's anybody on the 49ers offense right now that's in a contract year of any kind. So what do you think happens between, like, what do you think about happened, like, McCaffrey died off in North Carolina and, like, slowed? Do you think he lost his his love for the, the team? Do you think the O-line was just bad? Combination. Multitude of things. I think he was just kind of like, I don't like it here anymore. That's a I'm good possi- That's a good possibility. I mean, because we've seen a reinvigorization of McCaffrey, very much so. And I think it was a situation where his utilization mm. was handled very poorly in uh, um, Carolina. Mm. The offensive line was terrible. They were not creating anything for him to be able to actually get out and do. Um. Injuries, injury plagued while there. And then as a part of it, I don't think that they were allowing him to rehab. I would equate it to what happened with Steve Spurrier and Marcus Lattimore running back for South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Could have been and still has records at the university and played two and a half years Mm -hmm. out of his potential four. 
and set records in that two and a half years. Imagine had he played the full four years, what kind of records would have been set? Dude was an absolute beast. Mm. But he was a workhorse. There was no other offense. It was Marcus Lattimore. I mean, he opened up the door for a few other things to be done in the passing game. But for the most part, the entire offense ran through Marcus Lattimore. Much like um, Alabama ran the offense through Derrick Henry. Whenever you have a six foot whatever he is, almost 300 pound or over 300 pound running back mm-hmm. that takes three or four people wrapping him up just to be able to shift him from one side to the other and potentially bring him down, would you not want to, you know, that is your best player on the field. You Would you not want to have the ball in that person's hands? Mm-hmm. However, you wind up overusing somebody. They're wear and tear. You don't give them the proper time to heal and stuff like that. That's just continuing deterioration of them. If m- mentally they get to a point to where they've figured that out, they have that mindset, well shit if that's the only thing that you're going to wind up using me for that's how I'm going to be treated I'm not going to give my full effort Mm -hmm. and then my draft stock or my stock as it were is going to drop some other team comes in I'm able to talk to him my agent talks to him whatever the case may be you watch Jerry Maguire gets a decent payout they broker a deal San Francisco comes out like bandits because they're able to get this person who is not done with the game but was not happy in the situation they were in and then they do get that reinvigoration and the the perceived value at the time was diminished it's like uh, um, in real estate going in and, and doing stuff to cause the property value to plummet buy up all the property and then go in and raise everything back up. Mm -hmm. You got the property dirt cheap, but then then you you can turn around and sell it and you make, you know, more than quadruple, you you know, six times whatever what you spent on it. So it's the same type of uh, situation with this. Mm -hmm. He, he was, his value was greatly diminished. San Francisco swoops in picks him up, gives him a bath, scrubs him up, you know, gets his appearance ready to go, actually gives him an opportunity to get healthy, get well, and everything else, and has provided more uh, uh, whatever for him. Um, And then, yeah, his, his value has now risen, and they look like geniuses, because what they gave away to be able to pick him up because mm-hmm. everybody else thought that he was a bust at this point. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Then I think, um, I think that kind of stuff is, I would also say what keeps Tennessee out of the, out of the playoffs and out of the Super Bowl is you can't keep giving it to Derrick Henry. Right. And not also give him wide receivers it, yeah, to and share this time was with another running back or a fullback to share time with. Yeah. You're going to you, – they know your play. Yeah, and this Tennessee, is, they know your play. Yeah. You, you're going to hand it off to Derrick Henry. Yeah. Because you don't have many offensive that's, weapons. That's why the last couple of years he's not been as dominant. Exactly. In the fantasy in world. In the fantasy world because – <laughs> We know where your It doesn't – right. I mean, and that allows teams to be able to... Do, now, there are some teams that they're able to play to where it's like it doesn't matter. They know that's what you're going to do. And they do it anyway, yeah. and they're able to do it effectively. Because the defense sucks. Right. Or something. Yeah. Whatever the, yeah, whatever the yeah. case may be. Um, but you can't do that against everybody. No. And more people than not have gotten to that point to where... And not to mention, he's also gotten at the, the very close to the the being done age for uh, running backs because typically most running backs if they make it 10 years have done fantastic for themselves in the league yeah and I mean he said his goodbyes 
to Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee. I mean, he, you know, and he was so sweet and so kind that he mentioned like people individually by name, like cafeteria staff, stuff like that. Like he said his goodbyes in that last game. Yeah. So, ain't nobody know, knows. Nobody knows where Derrick Henry's going. No. His contract's up. I don't know if he's retiring. I don't know if he's going to do something else in Tennessee. Or they don't know if he's like, you know what, uh, this has been great, but I think to help you, because I do love the organization, you know, um, you can trade me if you want. Right. I've got a year or two left in me, but that's not my best year. two years left in me. Right. So out of the love of this organization, you know, use me as an opportunity to better yourself better use me as 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 fodder yeah. as you know because you could trade as Derek a bargaining Henry chip to somewhere like cleveland or seattle or hell even dallas maybe right and, and get a, a a nice draft draft spot uh, uh another two or three cool good draft places for tennessee so um and i don't count myself as this big titans fan when I was a kid, we didn't have a football team. Um, and then, like, my fifth or sixth grade year, all of a sudden the Oilers became the Tennessee Titans, and I was expected to be a Titans fan. Right, like because you were like, automatically hey, expected to, to... I was like, no, nah, man, I've had my team. I'm not just going to, you know, I'm not going to hate them because, yeah, I mean, they're Tennessee. Uh, you know, I hope they do well, but, like, I'm not going to cheer for them against, like, the Cowboys. Right. I mean, no, I got my team. I've had my team since I was a kid. Um, so. And I'm not about to jump off yeah, of this. Yeah, I'm not about to. What kind know. of fan would that make me? If I were yeah, to. That'd make me a bandwagon. Yeah, as I and say, if nothing else, I will never be recognized as a bandwagon fan of anything. Well, sports related anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a couple more things that I want to wind up talking about briefly before we continue on and uh, dive back into the world of uh our school's collegiate athletics, yeah. but in the world of professional football. Um, one, talking about people retiring, uh, Jason Kelsey, um, yeah. I guess finally fully announcing that yeah. he is done, um, calling it, uh, doing it on the podcast during a, a, a very emotional uh, tear-filled segment, yeah. uh, as it were, during this. Um, but... Someone in the Eagles locker room supposedly coming out and dropping this information about or leaking out this information and getting that information to Adam Schefter, who some people herald as like a, a um, demigod of sorts in terms of, <coughs> excuse me, professional football reporting. But then there's other people, whenever it comes to instances like this, that are like, dude, you're the scum of the earth. Like, you did not have this come directly from the person themselves. This is a very, very emotional and and tough thing for somebody to do. I mean, it's like saying, like a professional wrestler saying that they've given it up, they're retiring from wrestling. You see how that affects people. I mean, you're saying that you are giving up the thing that has brought you joy mm-hmm. and and life and has afforded you to be able to do all these things, has uh, given you all the, the opportunity to own all the things you own, to be with some of the people that you're with and all this other stuff. And you have somebody else that some schmuck that you thought was your brother on the team in some capacity wound up sending this Giacomo the information and you're just going to go ahead and put it on blast without reaching out saying, hey, is this cool if I go ahead and announce or, you know, you shouldn't even be trying to ask someone if it's okay if you announce that they're planning on retiring or said in the locker room that they're done, that this is their last season without giving them first the opportunity to either quietly do it, you know, post a thing on in, on the internet and your internet scouring trolls go find it and then you, you know, repost it or whatever. But to 
Um, my buddy sent me a text from inside the locker room. Apparently, Kelsey's telling everybody that that's it, that he's done. So, talking about this and trying to equate it to uh, another world I work heavily in, the nerd world, is one of the things that we, uh, as this little um, conglomerate of podcasts called the Nerd Initiative, um, which is filled with, you know, a, a pretty nice little network of, of some of us podcasts. And uh, we are very, 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 very adamant about do not report it on your podcast, whether it be a post, audio, until, you, until it has come from the horse's mouth. Right. Because... A huge percentage of the time, rumors, gossip, and hearsay is, if it's not being said from the horse's mouth, um, is just people looking for clicks, looking for listens, and looking for that opportunity to be able to say, I was the first with the story, or I was the first to post about it, or I was the first, because we're reaching, we're in a, a society of, you know, immediate gratification immediate satisfaction and right. to be able to say like my network my twitter my name was the first to report that person's business yeah whether if it's true or not um a lot of the percentage especially in the nerd nerd culture world uh a lot of it's false yeah you because know, like, you see oh studio leaks yeah, have i have it on high authority that uh Ghost Rider is going... Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider is going to be in Multiverse of Madness. You saw that going around. Well, guess who wasn't in Multiverse of Madness? Right. Nick Cage. And you had an entire base of people talking about it and following it because you thought you had some scoop. Holly Berry posted a short cropped haircut with her mm -hmm. hair uh, uh, platinum blonde or mm -hmm. white or whatever the case may be. She must be... So uh, having a cameo appearance to play Storm in the Deadpool movie. We don't movie. know that. You don't for sure know that. Yeah. Stop reporting that. Like, I mean, I get that some of these people, like, we follow things like new rock stars and all that. It's their job, and I yeah. get it. But, like... They watch something, and then they formulate yeah, all these different ideas, exactly. theories, and so, stuff like that, which we've talked about, yeah. in a sense, feeling that... Some of the things that a lot of these people are doing are just being taken by the studios, yes. and that's what they are adapting because, oh, this person put this theory out, and thousands upon hundreds of thousands oh, yeah. of it, people liked it, so it, that must be like that what... Something truly led to Krasinski being in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. That was a fan answer. Yes. That was them answering fan casting. Like, sure, here we'll give you a moment. Right. But, so like, Sheckler doing that, you know, I want to look at him and I would, would want to say like, I get that that's your job, man. And you want to be able to say it, that it was you that broke the story. Mm -hmm. But at what, what did point you, in what time? What did you sell? Yeah. What did you sell in that moment to get that story moment? You sold right. your soul, bro. Yeah. You all cut little chunks of yourself just for that instant gratification. When you're done and you're dying and you're old, is any of that going to matter? Yeah, what is that going to... Yeah. You might be remembered as the dick who broke the Jason Kelsey story. Yeah. You could be retired and done for and be like, and that's really not paying off for you anymore. But right. like in that moment, you're the asshole who did that. Yeah. But you were probably like, ah, yes. Right, right. And then it was over. And then the next news cycle happened and nobody gave a shit. Nope. Because they won't. Mm -mm. It's absolutely rude, though. Absolutely rude. And I, I'm shocked Jason hasn't punched him. <laughs> right, which is something that he would probably <laughs> yeah. wind up doing. Yeah. Uh, especially after some of his antics. Um, mm. uh, after the, after the, uh, the yeah. uh, Chiefs-Bills game. Um, speaking of the missed kick. Mm-hmm. The Bills kicker, have you seen anything that's come out from this? Mm. He has received threats, 
calls, messages, posts. Uh, I'm uh, calling the mafia for things. Yeah, things left at the the home. All of these different things. Well, uh, he is a philanthropist in the sense for animals, mm-hmm. particularly shelter shelter animals and stuff like that. He's a very big uh, uh, donor to the local area shelters and stuff like mm-hmm. that down or up there. In that instance, one of the main organizations that he works with went online and said, have you ever messed up at your job? Would you ever want someone to come in and, or would you ever want someone to, you know, do what you're doing to this man because he had a bad work day? Mm. I mean, if you want to look at it, the offense should have done a better job and not put it on his shoulders to have to go out there and try to do it. Mm -hmm. But this guy has done so much for this type of stuff in our community, how dare you wind up, you know, doing something like this? And they've raised several thousands of dollars now off of that post and set up things and people have been donating to this organization, to this shelter organization, to be able to help the uh, shelter animals and mm-hmm. stuff like that uh, up there in the greater um, Buffalo oh, area. Yeah. Or uh, C.D. Lamb's mom taking to Facebook after that loss and saying, Dak isn't the guy. Right. How do you feel as Dak? Right. How do you feel as C.D.? Do you go, oh, God, Mom. Mom, why'd you do this? Uh, but, like... Oh, that's something that's, like, that's been very rampant because now everybody does have a voice. You mm-hmm. wind up seeing cousins, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, stuff like that, of these different people jumping in and mm-hmm. and acting a fool and it just doing nothing. Patrick Mahomes' brother. Yeah. Just doing nothing but causing turmoil for you mm-hmm. as the, you know, individual. Yeah. Uh, and nothing but problems in that aspect. But yeah, uh, jumping back over into the world of college athletics. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, I found the, the story. Uh, top prospect in the state of Tennessee, Brentwood Academy quarterback George McIntyre, made it official in front of family and friends that he's playing for the University of Tennessee. Monday morning, the four-star quarterback announced his commitment, which was a course followed by loud cheers and his family and friends. I love this state, he said, the fan base, the coaches, and I'll be staying home at the University of Tennessee, said McIntyre. The high school junior is rated five stars by 247 Sports Composite. He also rated the number two quarterback in the 2025 recruiting class, making him a huge target for Tennessee's head coach, Josh Heupel. Oh, so it's out of the it's high school ranks. High it's school. not out of yeah. the portal. Okay, cool. Um, QB highlighted that part of his decision to play in the orange and white was finding a coach who has playing experience in his position. Hypo was a quarterback. It's his offense. That's not a true for a lot of places. I remember going around and trying to find schools like that. Coach Harbaugh at Michigan was a quarterback, but they're a lot more pro style. I mean, I think they run a good offense, obviously, they won a national championship, but it's nowhere n- compared to Coach Heupel's. As he prepares for his future at Tennessee, it also continues a long tradition of McIntyre's going to UT. I'm going to be a third-generation Tennessee student. My mom went there. My grandfather went, had a degree from there as well. It feels great to be able to announce it in front of everybody. So Nice. Big get for the 2025 class, George McIntyre. Definitely excited to see what he might be able to do for the volunteers as the the future approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely excited to see after some um, quarterback additions. Uh, Robbie Ashford, uh, like we mentioned um, last week's episode, transferring in from um, Auburn, but previously at Oregon. Uh, very, very complimentary style to... Uh, Lenore Sellers, who's the presumed starter for the Gamecocks this year, mm-hmm. um, and has been billed as potentially Cam Newton 2.0 in terms mm-hmm. of size, uh, more of a run-first QB as opposed to a pass-first QB. Um, so you're definitely going to see a lot of QB scramble and stuff like that more than yeah, likely I think, I out think of the, the position of QB is Gamecocks is, this is year in a in a flux. 
Um, speaking of some of those coaches, though, uh, we did get the 2024 SEC coach rankings um, from Saturday down south. And I'm going from 16 down to 1. Okay. All right. Lebby at Mississippi State. Leah is Vander- at Vanderbilt. Napier at Florida. Pittman at Arkansas. Beamer at South Carolina. Freeze at Auburn. Stoops at Kentucky. Venables at Oklahoma. Elko at A&M. Heupel at Tennessee. Drink. <laughs> at Missouri. Kiffin at Ole Miss. Sarkeesian at, at number four in Texas. Kelly at LSU. DeBoer at Alabama. And Kirby Smart at number one. These aren't Georgia. these aren't direct coaches' rankings. No, no. This is their Saturday down south, saying like this is who our twenty twenty four coaches. But still, yet even then, it's not based more off of the coaches. It's based off of the school. It's exactly right because DeBoer should not already be at number two. No, I mean, albeit he wound anything. up taking Washington to sure the but college football playoffs, but yet, he hasn't friend. done anything Neither in the has SEC. Sarkeesian. Yeah. Like, don't... Because, like, does Texas really want... Like, I wrote this down, too. And this is a great segue into it. LSU fans ritualistically eat alligators every year. An Alabama fan poisoned Auburn's trees. Georgia fans bark at children. Tennessee fans throw things onto the field. Arkansas fans use the Freedom of Information Act against their own coach. Is Texas really ready to be a part of the SEC. <laughs> all right, all right, all, <laughs> all right. right. I mean, throw your mittens around your kittens and away we go. <laughs> right. Good luck. Absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> good luck. But, yeah, that, that particular ranking from SDS, um, that is purely based off of history and Absolutely. the actual school. That is not and you based off like, of – and you can't rank them yet. Yeah, and I know that we're not saying this in a situation of coming from a volunteer and a gamecock no. and where no. our teams are ranked. No. The fact that uh um who was it? Not Stoops. It was after Stoops but before Beamer. There was somebody that said that was the Freeze, Stoops, Venables from Oklahoma. Yeah, Freeze and Venables. Freeze who had has not done what I thought, what many thought he should. Yeah, have done. they're they're basing that off of freezes. Elko at A and M already. Yeah, they're basing that off of what they did at other places, mm-hmm. not. Yeah, so I just I I don't understand where any of that is coming from in that capacity. I don't either. I don't either. Um, I think it's it's a little ridiculous. Sometimes I love the stuff that Saturday Down South posts. But when I read that, I went, oh, yeah. That's yeah. There's there's some. Come on, bro. There's some we not haven't even had not fully following the data practice yet. Yeah, and <laughs> like, you're trying to go ahead man. and put these out. So yeah, I don't I don't think that's that big of a thing. Um, getting back to the opening of this show, a mm-hmm. little bit unconventional, a little bit weird uh, compared. But like I did say in that intro. It is a situation where the unranked men's, Gamecock men's basketball team mm. downs the perennial powerhouse of Kentucky in basketball. Uh, final score was 79-62. to 62. I mean, thwomped them in this capacity. Um, uh, Calipari, Wildcats coach, Winds up going on to say, basically, South Carolina now has arrived under Coach Lamont Paris in this capacity. And it's not a situation of what Kentucky did wrong. It's what the Gamecocks did right Yes, in this one. And they are the considered one of the, if not the best defensive team, basketball-wise, in the conference right now. Mm. Uh and also potentially the league because the amount of shots that they're in possessions they're allowing other teams to have in Kentucky, typically having 70-something possessions a game, they were held to under 60 Yeah, in this game last night. 
I think it's 59 possessions they wound up having in this game whenever they average 72-plus mm-hmm. possessions per game. So, yeah, the Gamecock men's basketball had a great win last night, upsetting the, the Wildcats. The women's team travels down to LSU to take on Kim Mulkey, mm-hmm. the Bayou Barbie, and the rest of the LSU women's basketball team, hopefully able to take care of business like they have in years past. A little bit of dissension, some problems still surrounding the LSU women's team right now. Uh, and, of course, wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, Ohio State fan Caitlin Clark collision that happened earlier this week. Um, what say you? Was there a flop of any sort involved by Clark? Uh, I, as, you know, married into a, a Hawkeye family, I got their take on things, and I've seen uh, because women's basketball was eliminated last year in the tournament by the Hawkeyes uh, and Caitlin Clark. What their thoughts on things are, how about you as a, like, a, a like volunteer fan? One of my favorite videos to ever watch is that a bunch of frat guys, uh, I was playing in an away game, and like a bunch of frat guys loaded their their fan section right, and were just rude to Caitlin. Right. Chanting overrated, all this crazy stuff. And she sunk almost 100% of her shots and scored 60-something points on her own. Yeah. Set a record. And shut them. Like, slowly watching them just... Right. Sink into a depression. And, and her, not... She never looked their way. Right. She did her talking on it. She, she had every right, the way they acted and the way they treated her, to, after every shot, flip them off. Every shot, just stare at them. She had every right to do so. So I like Caitlin Clark. Um, I I would also I would to the I don't know how old the fan was. Uh, I'm guessing it was a student. It was a so twenty five or younger. Give them a football nil deal. <laughs> that coach needs to put them on the team. They um, need to be a linebacker. They need to be a linebacker. <laughs> uh, right, left, or middle. I don't care where you put them. Um, I, it felt kind of uncomfortable watching it. Um, so, so you're but definitely. But at the same time, I'm kind of like you know. Uh, so you're of the mindset that she, the the Ohio State fan, like threw herself into it, and, and it seemed that way. Okay, but at the same, I've only time, seen I've only seen one video angle of this. Apparently, there's a couple of different angles. In the one that I saw, it just looked like a. a, a Simple collision. Simple one of them collision. was looking off the opposite direction, not really paying Which attention. And, and, it probably and they just boom run yeah. into each other. And the the Ohio State fan is a little bit of a bigger girl. Okay. I mean, in, in comparison to Caitlin Clark, and yeah. she spins her around. But I don't know how much more of that could potentially have been exaggerated. Well, they are basketball players. Or yeah, and for instance, like. Every time he plays, on, he's on the floor. I I would give LeBron James the biggest os- the Oscar every game. The way that they t- and soccer players too. The way, uh, and it's just all theatrical. Yeah, it's some of the funniest, most ridiculous things. And when that kind of stuff happens, I'm like, I'm a theater guy, and I get made fun of. Look at that. That's terrible acting. They're they're all trying to do their best Ric Flair impersonation. Yeah, the fall. Yeah. Um. I've only seen one, and it did kind of look it, – it didn't make the Ohio State fan look great. Um, but I, but at the same time, like, you know, tempers are flaring. You're in the heat of things. Well, People I mean, yeah, you fl- just you, lost. You take yourself. You put yourself on – like, I mean, when we stormed, I wasn't a part of it because I was in a boot at the time. But Oh, the Alabama. But – if any of the Vol fans stormed the field and, like, actually ran into a player or a guy, dude, you put yourself in that position, man. Right. They're still on the field. Yeah. Especially if you run into a Bama fan. They're pissed off. Right. You know, if a Bama player, if they see you running and, you know, and they've got a chip on their shoulder and they clothesline you, A, that's bad on their part. It's very low, you know. But B, you shouldn't have you put, put yourself you're in, in the position. jungle, man. Like, 
when people get bit by sharks and stuff, I'm like, bro, you're in there. You're in their home, man. Right. Like, I mean, I, I hate sharks, but I don't blame them. Right. You're sloshing around and kicking around in their home. That's what my food does. Yeah, exactly. Are you my um, food? Let me see if you're my food. Whether Our, it was Caitlin oh, Clark or the fans' fault, I, th- I think it's more of a, it's a situational thing. And, of course, the, the the bias one way or the other is going yeah. to lead in whatever that direction yeah, I was going to say that Ohio State's fan attacked them. Ohio State's going to say that Caitlin Clark's got it. And, see, that's the thing. Issues. One of the first things that come out about this and one of the first outlets that I saw on uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, yeah, um, people were calling out that particular outlet because that outlet had changed the wording three times in the span of like 10 minutes after it happened and they were changing it from Caitlin Clark absolutely gets trucked by Ohio state fan. And you watch the video and it's like, you make it seem like she just like headhunted her mm-hmm. in its entirety and like went out of her way to, to intentionally collide with her. And then another one, like, in all three wordings made it seem like that was the case. But they just lessened in terms of the the verbiage that more adamantly pushed that point. But like I said, uh, any of the takes that I saw from Gamecock fans were like, ha-ha, that's what they get for knocking us out of the tournament. And I'm like... You're the type of Gamecock fans that I get pissed off at volunteer fans for the shit that they do. I, I, I unfortunately wind up seeing the same thing as one of my biggest complaints about fan bases from some of my most uh, uh, disliked teams. Yeah, I mean, looking at, looking at it again, I mean, there are a few different angles that are shown on different locations, depending on the angle, you know? Uh, one angle made Clark look pretty guilty. One angle made the fan look... See, I mean, yeah, this angle makes Caitlin just look like a bully. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, it's Depending like on the angle, one angle makes Caitlin look terrible. One angle makes the, LSU fa- the OSU fan look just ignorant, like not watching her surroundings. Yeah. And one angle makes it look like just a bad misfortune of, you know... You know, trains accidentally leaving at the same time. Yeah. So, which that was the one that I saw to begin with. So, my thing, my whole mentality on it is one angle actually shows Caitlin's hands, you know, prepping. Right. So, it depends on the angle, man. And neither one of us are those two girls. Right. So, and Caitlin may be sitting there going, like, yeah, I pushed her. I mean, she may, in her heart of hearts, say, yeah, that was purposeful. Right. She's not going to say it. No. She's just going to be like, I mean, she had a statement prepared, you know, I apologize, you know. And they, she was apparently, her and the rest of the team were apparently apologized yeah. uh, to buy the AD for mm-hmm. Ohio State. So For charging the field. They yeah. wound up, yeah, he apparently wound up coming in, you know, yeah. or not necessarily Saying to like, the locker hey, room. Sorry or, about that. But to the bus or something yeah. like that. And, hey. You know, apologies. Because I mean, that's the thing is, like I said, I will, I will trace back to that. You storm a field or a, especially a court's not as big as a field, right? While they're still there, you put yourself in the middle of this, these tempers, this athleticism, the people running rampant. Yeah, people get trampled and hurt all the daggum time. So I mean, I don't, I'm not really on a side. Right. Give her a contract, I'm telling you. <laughs> right. She needs some NIL she needs money. She an NIL money. <laughs> if not, get her on, like, field hockey or something. I know, she can lacrosse. hip check somebody she like none other. Somebody. But also, yeah. you know, in, in the football season, if I were OSU's marketing firm, I would introduce her during halftime of a game. Be like, we'd like to also welcome to the field. The girl that. Honorary linebacker. And call her out and just and right. play the clip on the Jumbotron. You you would wind up give getting, her a jersey. Yeah, you get OSU fans oh, going yeah. nuts. They go hype. They go nuts over that. Yeah, especially I mean, with it being a conference, you know, rivalry mm-hmm. in a sense, it mm-hmm. would it would definitely play into it for sure. Um, like we said earlier, uh, before we get out of here, 
Of course, this weekend you've got divisional rounds. Um, San Francisco versus the Lions. Uh, Go Lions. Uh, uh, Ravens versus the Chiefs. Go Ravens. And, of course, the winner of those two are going to wind up going to the Super Bowl. Meeting um, the Super Bowl in Florida? Where's Vegas. This? Vegas. It yes, is in Vegas. Vegas Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, definitely excited to see uh, how that's going to play out. Um, going ahead and starting to make plans. Probably going to be having a Super Bowl party out at the house. Um, hopefully by then, with the rain that's supposed to be coming in today and the temperatures, all of this stuff will hopefully be gone, yes. at least on the roads themselves. I'm not the so worried about the, car too. <laughs> uh, the yard as much. Yeah. You know, it's, it's getting its main watering to, to be able to get into the... Yeah, rebirth of spring season uh, for everything, but yeah, um, definitely excited. Um, athletics for the Gamecocks, uh, men's and women's basketball, full steam ahead right now. Baseball season is not too far from getting underway. Oh, We're a couple weeks from opening. From day. opening day, yeah, it's coming up before we know it, and before too long, we will actually be into full spring workouts and the spring game for at least South Carolina. I know is, funnily enough, set for 420. Nice. Uh, April 20th will be the Gamecocks annual Garnet and Black spring game. Uh, orange and White, you got any kind of idea? Uh, not that a might date be? yet. I'd like to go to it. I've never seen an Orange and White baseball game. Uh, there you go. I've done football a lot. A lot? Yeah. But it'd be fun to check out baseball a, a baseball game. A, an inner squad scrimmage. There you go. Um, but, yeah, all those things coming up. Uh, other athletes. Uh, um, Sports going on right now. I know uh, tennis is not too far from getting started. Uh, mm-hmm. Gamecocks uh, men's tennis ranked for the first time in however many years. Uh, quite a while, mm-hmm. <laughs> judging by my uh, uh, emphasis on the syllables. Um, volunteers, not sure as far as that, of course. Leave that part of it yeah. up to you. Uh, we can check in on it on the next episode. Uh, but yeah, um, with spring right around the corner, uh, fully into um, basketball, as we mentioned, it's a very, very short time away before we get into the uh, tournament season, March Madness of being upon us. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, that really just kind of kicks off the year in terms of sports because then we go straight into baseball. Baseball, as you know, for... Uh, college runs through the end of the summer, uh, getting into school, coming back into session, uh, right about the time that uh, football gets started for fall camp and everything else. Uh, professionals go all the way through October. So, I mean, before we know it, we're going to be back around to college football season again. Mm. And it's going to be a doozy. Uh, 12-team playoffs, two more teams added into the SEC, multiple teams added into the Big Ten, uh, and teams coming out of the Big 12 going to the Big Ten, to the two power conferences. Conferences, the NFC and the AFC. Of college football. So, but guys, yeah. Uh, T-Mac, got anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Uh... Basketball team is four and one in the SEC. Second, tied for second in the SEC right now. Uh, men's basketball. So, yeah, uh, no, we're coming up playing before too much yeah, longer, and it might wind up being a, a one of the tie a really good battles. Yeah, yeah. One of those good battles. Um, and I think that your all's victory has you all tied for third in the SEC with Apparently. Kentucky. Yep. So that's cool. That's cool. It's a it's a very great, close. Great. Yeah. Very close in the basketball world right now, which is maybe the makes it exciting. The the closeness, the undecisiveness of the ACC in football has rubbed off on basketball yeah. in the SEC yeah. for this season. Yeah, uh, so many different games there toward the tail end of the season that determined uh, the pecking order for the mm-hmm. ACC. So yeah, I think basketball we'll is going to be the same way this year for the SEC. Have the same way. Well, guys, on behalf of All of All, Tyler McDaniel, I am forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe saying we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. Search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. 
You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts, and don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by the Tennessee Legend Distillery.